Hello, everybody. Welcome into Final Whistle. I'm one of your co-hosts, Blaine Spencer. Alongside me is Anthony Pacifico. Anthony, how are we doing today? I'm feeling great. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to debate some stuff, ready to talk about a lot of different things. I'm feeling very passionate about some topics today. Glad to hear it. So let's dive right into some sports topics. Let's start off with some Kyler Murray talk and the number one overall pick. You know there's been speculation with Kyler being able to go to Arizona with the first overall pick. Cliff Kingsbury is in desperate need for a quarterback, possibly, with the controversy of Josh Rosen staying or leaving, possibly. So should Kyler Murray be the number one pick in the NFL draft? Anthony, what do you think? I think Kyler Murray should absolutely be the number one pick in the draft. He has exceptional skill set. I think he has a, he was surrounded by a lot of talent, but I think he made the talent around him that much better. But I don't think it's going to the Arizona Cardinals. That's for sure. I think the Cardinals have been through a lot of mess recently, the last few years after Bruce Arians left. I think this whole what to do with Kyler Murray going to the Cardinals and uh, the Texas Tech coach, the Texas Tech coach being there, I think it's a smokescreen, absolute smokescreen. You're gonna Josh Rosen had a horrible team around him last year, horrible. The offensive line, I think he was sacked a crazy amount of times for a rookie, at least over, I believe, over 30 times. But I, I, I don't believe that. You're going to get rid of your first-round pick from the previous year because a new coach comes in. I think that's absurd. I think you actually trade that pick. You, that, that's a hot pick this year. Teams who want to go with defensive linemen, teams who want to go offensive line, teammates, teams who want to go quarterback as well. That's a hot pick, and you can really plan for the future around Rosen. My suggestion is to trade back in the draft stockpile later picks whether it's some second rounders third rounders and it's the first overall pick and it's stacked this draft is stacked with talent so you're going to get probably a first round pick for next year maybe even another second for next year as well my suggestion is washington redskins at the 15th pick they're in a prime position to grab a quarter to grab a quarterback i mean look at the depth on that team you have case keenum who, let's be real, we saw Case Keenum with the Vikings, and we saw Case Keenum with the Broncos. Horrible look with the Broncos. Not coming off a great year. Cole McCoy, an injured guy, we've seen the ceiling with him. And we have Alex Smith, who we don't even know if he's going to come back again. But I think those three guys in the quarterback room with Kyler Murray, I think he can learn a lot, especially from Alex Smith, who has played on multiple different teams with multiple different offenses. Um... He was an Andy Reid-picked guy when he was in Kansas City. I really love that about him. So you don't think uh, RG3 Part 2 may occur with giving up all those picks that Washington had to give up the first time in 2012, traded up to the number two pick, and it backfired on him. The Rams ended up winning that trade immensely, and RG3 was forced out, and now he's playing backup for the Baltimore Ravens. Well, here's the thing. I believe Mike Shanahan was the coach when that was yes, selected. Yes, Mike yeah. Shanahan was the coach. So I like Jay Gruden a lot. I think he has a lot better team around him now. He has a great defense. They got a bunch of people in free agency. Landon Collins, as you know. Um, the offense took a little bit of a step back. People leaving in free agency. But I think they have a great, a decent offensive line. Probably, I would say, top 15 in the league. You know, middle of the pack. Maybe a little bit better than that. Um... But I, I think what they need right now is solid quarterback play. I think that is a big part. I mean, they have Jock, 
Josh Doxson still. Um, they have Paul Richardson. Uh, guys who have been injured, but if they can compete at at least 90% of the level that they were at before their injury, I think that, that suits them well. And I don't think they're going to have to trade as much as they had to for the with uh, RG3. And I guess Andrew Luck would be the first pick, and then RG3. But I think that... Um, it's a deep class, the deeper class in that year. So I don't think they're gonna have to give up as many valuable picks. Um, I I don't think it's gonna be a. I think it was three years they gave up their first round pick or something yeah, ridiculous three. like that. I definitely think that there's a possibility that they give up this year's first and second, and maybe next year's first and second, maybe some later round picks in there. But Jay Gruden's an offensive guy. You got you got to get your guy, and I think I think the Cardinals can settle for what they have. Josh Rosen, young talent, can play in most offenses. Very smart guy. And I think they can build around him. Larry Fitzgerald's aging. They can get uh, DK Metcalf. They can get Greg Little at offensive line. I think they have a, different, a bunch of different options. They can build around him for years to come. You got, you got Johnson, who's just a monster in the backfield. Absolute monster. Build that old lineup. They got some guys in free agency. And I think that can be a, a really competing team in a division that's getting weaker. I, I see where your head's at, but I just can't see Arizona and Washington pulling the trigger on that. But so for me, in response to the question, Kyler Murray is not the number one pick. He should not be the number one pick. Absolutely. 100%. Nick Bosa is the best player by far in this draft. You can't it's, go wrong with Nick Bosa. It's a it's, solid pick, too. It's not even close. Why, why would you draft Josh Rosen last year with the 10th overall pick to get rid of him? That makes absolutely no sense. Build around the kid. You didn't even give him a fair shot. As you just mentioned, he has nobody on that roster but David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. And no offense to Larry Fitzgerald, he's aging. He's aging, yeah. He's aging. He's, he's getting I, old. It makes no sense. Kyler is not even the best player at his position. Dwayne Haskins, who is projected to go to the New York Giants. You're all you New York City fans out there. But you have to understand... Yes, Kingsbury obsessed with him. He had that press conference while he was still at Texas Tech. Kyler Murray, number one pick. If I had the chance, take him. I'm taking him. Still, it makes absolutely no sense. Nick Bosa, defensive end. He can start right away. That defense needs a lot of work, especially. They have a couple young priests on the offensive side. Christian Kirk, a wide receiver, which will help a little absolutely. bit on that point. Give Josh and Rosen a fair shot. Bosa, impact right away. The kid has unbelievable arms, great swim move, uh, great bull rush. He has everything that a defensive end provides. And he's got the quickness and movement to get around a right or a left tackle. Here what I have to say, though. Murray, I think he's going to fall to a team like the Miami Dolphins at number 13. They are a team that is extremely rebuilding, and they desperately need help at QB. A place like Miami... That is going to bring hype into the city. You have a star-studded young kid that Miami will be able to bring in and let them give him the reins. Let him play for free free will and free reins of the t- team, and that team will be able to rebuild and possibly be decent in a couple of years. That's going, And their division has a lot of young quarterbacks, too. you got Sam Darnold on the Jets. You, you have... Josh Allen on the Bills. You got, and you, you got, you got and Tom you got, about the goat. You, <laughs> you got, got the goat there. The possible goat and Tom Brady. So you have to figure factor that in as well. I think Kyler needs to go to a spot where a team is rebuilding. 
Arizona is a team that's in rebuilt. You cannot push Josh Rosen out of the blue like that. And and here's the thing. I think Nick Bosa is probably the most complete player in the draft. Oh, but no doubt. No doubt about that. I think there's all this hype around uh, Kingsbury loving Kyler so much. And I've said this about other teams, about giving them the reign. You know what happens when you let your coach get full over your, full control over your team. You get Chip Kelly all over again. That just has bad news written on it. And you, like you said before, give Josh a fair chance. I don't know if Nick drafting Nick Bosa, the, the first overall pick, is really going to help your team that much in the short term. Now these quarterbacks, you would like to think your quarterback's going to play a long career, correct? Yes. But these guys are getting bigger on the defensive side. They're hitting a lot harder. You got to protect your man. And I think trading out, out of that pick gives them the best opportunity to get pieces around Rosen. Like I said from last year, he was getting demolished out there. Absolutely destroyed. Couldn't throw the ball. And you have a good running game there. You have a great running game there. They signed the free agent lineman. You get a few more pieces around him, and you can run the football. And you don't put Rosen in that position like he was in last year. Hey, we're going to coach you to your best of your ability. We're going to ease you into it. We're going to have a great running game around you. Run the football. And as much as I love Bosa as well, I really don't know if that's the best pick for Arizona. Well, on that, on that point, uh, Nick Bosa is such, is such an immediate impact player that he will make an impact on a team that's struggling. He may not, like make the individual stats or have that statistical stuff, but he will be able to take double teams oh, and allow different players on that Arizona defense to get the, get theirs. They'll be able to attack the quarterback, rush the quarterback. And have be, they're going to have to be more aggressive on the defensive side of the ball because, like, there's they have Patrick Peterson still on still one side. There. That's still one, one side of the field that they can take away. They just need to find a couple pieces on the defensive side of the ball, and Bosa is that first idea to be able to get them there, I believe. No, you're absolutely right, though. Nick Bosa is a gap stopper. He fills holes, and he lets the people around him just eat. He lets them get their stats while he just shows, hey, this is what I can do. This is what I can offer for the rest of the team. This is what... We need from a guy like that, but I just don't know if I see him just be. I think he's. I think there's a good chance he's the first overall pick. I don't know if it's necessarily for the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals should really trade out, mm-hmm. and I think any team could come up and get Nick Bosa, like you said. The quarterbacks are deep; they're not gonna go anywhere. You know, they're gonna be all throughout the entire round. There's gonna be quarterbacks selected. Maybe some guys from the second round being bumped up to the first, depending on a quarterback needy team. But I can't, I can't go wrong with either of these guys. I just don't think the Cardinals are going to draft Kyler or Nick Bosa. But as you can see, the case for Nick Bosa going number one. I completely agree in that regard. So let's flip it to the other side of the, uh, the Western side. The, from, the NF, from the NFC West, let's flip it to the AFC West. And let's talk about Mr. Antonio Brown. Mr. Mr. Big A- Chest himself. Okay. 84 in the silver and black. He just got traded from Pittsburgh. He has stirred a lot of controversy of late with his social media prowess, taking jabs at Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster is now retaliating at AB 
when Juju was a big supporter. And the Pittsburgh had a great receiving core. You had a 1A and a 1B, kind of. They were monsters. Yeah, they were something. So after all this controversy, Anthony, i got to pose you this question. Will the Raiders end up regretting trading for Antonio Brown? You do know they will be in Las Vegas in 2020, which is following this next season. You know, it took me a lot of thought about this. But I'm going to go with no. They're not going to regret it. I think Antonio Brown is playing with a chip on his shoulder. He didn't like what the Steelers were doing. I think Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger were a good coach-quarterback duo. Except I think they let a lot of things fall apart in that organization. And I think A.B. was realizing it. Now, I think his remarks to Juju were absolutely uncalled for and made Juju look like the better person, to be quite honest with you. Um, I think his re- remarks were out of line, and I saw something about Rashard Mendenhall stepping in today, too, going against the Steelers. However, I think, doing a cost analysis, I think Antonio, Antonio Brown's going to be a stud over there. I think Antonio Brown's going to absolutely eat, even if he doesn't get the stats. I mean, the guy's been just averaging numbers after numbers. I mean... 2017, 1,500 yards, 9 touchdowns. Last year, 1,300 yards, 15 touchdowns. I mean, even going back then, one year, 2015, 1,800 yards. I mean, ridiculous numbers. I mean, sometimes some of these stats were with uh, Landry Jones, at quarterback. You know, Big Ben wasn't healthy some of these years. I just think it's gonna, he's going to help. He's going to come in with uh, Tyrell Williams from the Chargers. And they're going to be another, I don't know about one-two punch, but Antonio Brown is going to absolutely help Derek Carr's development. And they're going to put points on the board. I think the only regret for anybody in this matter is the Steelers for not fixing their internal conflicts and letting these players leave for nothing, basically. Um, Pittsburgh's in shambles right now. Absolute shambles, that organization. I don't know how they're going to piggyback. But on this question, this controversy surrounding him has begun to create way too much of a buzz, and it will, right now, the Raiders are regretting it, like, so much, I would say. Because, look, his, immature, his immaturity has surpassed anything that we thought we, we would see. He took it to Instagram saying about Ben Roethlisberger. He took it to Instagram saying about, hey, I'm getting traded, and he was dissing the Pittsburgh Steelers entirely. He also ended up taking those jabs at Juju. As, and Coach Gruden, he has said nothing. Nothing about this whatsoever. There is no handling of control in his in the locker room right now. Do you want your veteran best player to be sh- acting like this and having your young no. pieces that you have on this roster coming in and looking up to him for advice and trying to follow him in his footsteps? Absolutely not. And Mr. Mayock, the GM, and Gruden, they need to get a handle on this before they make this transition to Vegas because... This Vegas thing that Mark Davis put into place could be a huge swing and a miss for these for the Oakland Raiders because they're going into a market that doesn't has never seen a football team ever other than UNLV the college football team. They just finally got the hockey team, the Vegas Golden Knights, but they have no like home prowess. You're losing it, leaving an area in Oakland, the Bay Area, where you have that black hole mentality and you're able to be able to be physical and everything. So I think right now, Antonio Brown either needs to shape up 
or the Oakland Raiders need to get a handling on this before it gets way over the top because right now they are regretting this trade. Well, so I went on Instagram a few hours before before this, and I'm looking at AB's page a little bit, and I'm seeing that he deleted things he said about Juju, and Juju reached out to him from USC. and uh, But I think as more players, more former Steelers players come out about this, and there's still conflict with the current players and former players who disagree about Big Ben's leadership, I think it's only going to stir the pot more. And I saw Antonio Brown wrote a few things about wanting to take this off Instagram and social media, and like, he's sorry for it, but dude, you... You know what you did. You you know what you've been doing. You're smarter than this. You're you're around the age of thirty. You're you might still be in your prime. You take care of your body well. Why are you making yourself a distraction? I would say he's a shoe in for the Hall of Fame, but he's acting like this generation's TO right now. Oh, absolutely. He has had no lack of credit. Uh, credibility towards himself right now. It's hurting his credibility. His image is taking a major hit with all of his actions and it's creating a huge spinoff i think personally if Le'Veon bell ever came out like fully about this whole pittsburgh situation i think that would either create a huge conundrum in that pittsburgh situation which either may hurt or help antonio brown but right now it's still it's, i think it's hurting his image really badly i'll leave it at this on this topic antonio brown needs to just stop harboring she needs to just stop harboring on the Steelers. You got what you wanted. You got traded. Be happy you have John Gruden as your coach. I mean, they didn't play great last year, but you're coming with new receivers, new pieces around you. Focus on what you're doing now in football. And I think that's what once, you know, the offseason camps start coming in and their offseason uh, preseason programs and whatnot, I think he's going to start getting his head back into football all, instead of social media. I think this will really turn around. I think John Gruden will really have this in control. I see John Gruden as somebody who likes to have control of his team. I see him, you know, Bill Belichick has control over all of his, you know, whatever Patriots team he's coaching. And, like, that's the mentality that I think John Gruden's going to, in year two, really step in there and say, I know, I know what I'm working with. These are the pieces I brought in. I now can confirm what we're looking at going to this 2019 season and say, A.B., we need you as a leader. We need you as this guy who can come in work with Derek Carr, you spend hours on the field, spend hours together learning this playbook. you got to be that guy. Well, Gruden is no shy way of getting rid of the player if he doesn't feel like they're fitting his system. First, first thing before a game even started, Khalil Mack, see you later. Best defensive player probably in football. Middle of the season, Amari Cooper, you're not holding up to the standard. See you later. Dallas, take him. We'll take that first rounder ASAP. John Gruden is not afraid to get rid of his major pieces to start something else. So Antonio Brown needs to be... Yeah, he got the big contract that he wanted, but he needs to be observant and understand that John Gruden is not afraid of him. And he, if John Gruden takes control of the situation like I think he will, there will be some discipline involved for, for Antonio Brown. So we're going to take a quick transition and turn from the football spectrum. We're going to take an interesting look at the NBA. The NBA has been looking at interesting thing with Magic Johnson stepping stepping down from uh, president of basketball operations this week, um, all possibly due to the Anthony Davis situation that happened in New Orleans. So, Anthony, I gotta pose you this question: Have you seen a fallout for two organizations like this ever, in, because of one player and because of a trade not getting done? This has absolutely been a disaster. For both organizations. And I think it's not even just due to one player. 
in regards to Anthony Davis, it's in regards to two players, if you count LeBron in this mess. LeBron, on no matter what team he went to, he was the GM, the coach, and the star. No matter what team he went to. Miami, he kind of bit the bullet a little bit. I know he wanted uh, Pat Riley to come back into coaching. He didn't like Spolstra and all this other stuff. But I, this, this is all LeBron's fault. This, this whole mess. It's the LeBron effect. I don't, think, I don't think it's discussed enough. Now, LeBron was re- willingly recruiting Anthony Davis. He's selling out his own teammates to say, this is now my team. I'm coming in. I've been here for X amount of months. I've been here for X amount of months, but this is my team. I'm the star. I'm the superstar. I run this league. And says, Kuzma, like you, kid. Good player. You're out, Anthony Davis. Lonzo, don't like you. Don't like your family. You're out, kid. I'm trying to think who else is in there. Brandon Ingram. Yeah, you're right, but I got a better shot. You're on. You're gone. You're done. You're going to the Pelicans. The, the thing is that's not mentioned enough is how the Pelicans are doing in all this. I mean, we saw the shirt, uh, I think it was yesterday, Goodbye. That's All Folks or yeah, something. Yeah, That's he wrote. All Folks some, uh, that's, from uh, Looney Tunes' little yeah. uh, thing. And that was the last game of the season for the Pelicans. You know they weren't making the playoffs. Um, nobody talks about them. They're a, small, they're a small market. They're irrelevant. So the only connection you can make between is Anthony Davis and LeBron and the Lakers. And I, this is a mess. I mean, Magic Johnson should have known what he was getting himself into, a former player, a professional in this league. And how do you uh, – one of the best players of all time. You don't understand the effect that LeBron has and brings, is bringing to your organization. I find that very hard to believe. And you're going to step down because you're not having any more fun I mean, you're this executive role. It's not supposed to be fun. You're supposed to have control over this team and run it as a professional. I feel like a part of it is he didn't understand the ego that is LeBron James. He had no, no idea what he was getting himself into. He was like, I, he took on his role, was it la- last year, correct? Middle of last year, I want to say? I believe Middle so. of last year, and he was just like, all right. That's it. I'm here to bring in the best players. Best player, LeBron James. Bring him in. Paid the money. Got him now. But now this whole Anthony Davis situation is insane. The kid is a superstar. Don't get me wrong. The kid is a stud. But he has treated this situation horribly. And these organizations have fallen out extremely bad. Look here. Dell Demps, right after the trade fell through, fired. See you later. New Orleans... That small market fires their GM immediately just because they couldn't handle the Anthony Davis situation correctly. That's ridiculous. A couple months later, Magic Johnson, I'm stepping down. This fallout has been insane. Anthony Davis has been a completely different human being in that organization now. He did not want to play for the first like week. Like Even when the trade talks were even happening, he was like, yeah, I'm just going to ride the bench. Alvin Gentry came out yesterday. They have, he has never seen anything like this in his entire NBA career as a player and a coach. Nothing has ever been seen like this, and this is absolutely insurmountable. It's incredible to see, and LeBron James is always the focal point and will continue to be the focal point in this situation. And look, LeBron's still trying to get rid of Luke Walton. He, they, they have that whole conundrum, possibly, of not him not listening to anything that Luke says. And now Jeannie Buss, the owner, is is in a total disarray with this organization when they thought they were going to be on the, a team that should have been in the playoffs. 
Look here. LA Clippers made the playoffs. Who do they have? Absolutely nobody on that roster. And now they have the chance to bring in two max players. I'm hearing you right now. The Lakers are in disarray. New Orleans, they're going to be in a huge rebuild mode now because you know Anthony Davis will not step on that court next year even though he's got money on his contract. Like if they don't get pieces out of the, a really good trade out of this, like New Orleans is falling out, LA's falling out, and the Lakers especially, they could right now they're the second best team in Los Angeles. It's almost like the whole issue with New York with Brooklyn being the be- better team than the Knicks. Absolutely. You got that smaller t- you got little brother kicking bigger brother's little butt right now is a little uh, interesting to see it's flipped absolutely and I, and like you said the pelicans during the off season they need to win big in this trade they're going to have anthony davis is not going to play we all know this anthony davis does not want to be there he doesn't want to associate himself with the pelican name he's big time we all know this he needs to go to a bigger market where he can flourish where he's going to win championships you he's got to have those pieces around him the problem with lebron is LeBron basically said, it's my team or nobody's team. And I feel like the only time he's ever not been in control as much as he is now was in Miami. Pat Riley was there. Eric Spolster was there. That was a, a very high-functioning um, executive there. And you, and you know what, though? I really think, and I've heard this around, from news reports around the league, you either uh, you trade LeBron you get some pieces around these young guys, or you trade the young guys. It's not gonna. There's not gonna be a blend. And I, my opinion is, I know LeBron has his no trade clause. Find a find a, find a team he's gonna go to. Get where you can get to, and and get yourself out of this mess. Because look what look what the Nets are doing. They have young guys, some some a, a few a few vets here and there, but they got some young guys. They're going to the playoffs. You have a, a nice squad in the Lakers. You have, like, Rondo over there, Lance Stevenson. Those are nice veteran guys that you can have around Lonzo and Kuzma and, and, and Ingram. Why would you bring in LeBron, who is just going to destroy what you have, that chemistry you have? They, what did they win, two more games than they did last year with LeBron? Yeah, and LeBron sat out that last whole week anyway. They went on – they won, like, as soon as they got rid of him, they won four out of their last Nothing five bad. games or just, something like that. Something ridiculous. But – I like the heat point that you brought up. And I feel like it wasn't just Eric Spolter and Pat Riley. Having Dwayne Wade there Absolutely. in your ear, Chris having Bosch one of your too. best friends, Dwayne Wade, one of his best friends in the league, in his ear, I think, made him understand that this is not going to be about you. Because as soon as, as soon as he went back to Cleveland, David Black got hired. Oh, they got him to the finals. Not even a month into the next season. LeBron goes, David Blatt, I want you gone. See you like later. 10, 10, less than 10 games, maybe? Yeah, 10, exactly. David games. Blatt, Tyron Lue comes in. They end up winning the championship that year with with Ty Lue at the coach. But Ty Lue is just a figurehead in that, so to speak, we all know situation. The coach. Same thing happened the very next year. Ty Lue, see you later. Bring in the next guy. LeBron leaves. Luke Walton, now, he just has no – if there's a Class A authority figure ahead of him and he does not see eye to eye – He's going right up to the top and saying, get him out or I won't be a part of it. Literally, it's insurmountable it's, to see. It's a LeBron effect, and I hate to see it. And I hate to see it, but he runs the league essentially now. It's, it's, him or, it's his way or nobody's way. He makes all the moves for his teams, and that's that. And I think that's what all this corruption's about. 
I, interesting aspect of what we're going to talk. So let's flip off from the non-playoff teams getting involved. So let's talk some NBA playoffs here. And you know, if you're going to talk NBA playoffs, you have to bring up the Golden State oh, Warriors. You know, as a Bay Area native, I can support it. Um, so right now, is there a team that can defeat the Warriors? Anthony, come on. Is there anybody, is there any chance that anybody can beat the Warriors this year <laughs> and end the, end the dynasty or not? Well, it's funny you bring up the dynasty. I think the dynasty will end itself with players moving. But there's no way nobody nobody's beating Golden State. Look, Katie's co- on a contract year essentially, right? He can either decide. I think he can. He, opt, can, he can opt out he can after opt, this year. He can opt yes. out of his, his contract, Which and he most likely will. A lot of people are saying that he will. There's some internal conflict going on here and there, whispered around the league. He's gonna use this to showcase his talent to another team and say, "I can still take over. I'm still Kevin Durant. I'm still the Kevin Durant in OKC, in OKC, who said, little boy Russ, little boy James Harden." This is my team, and Katie's going to come in here and ball out like he does all the time, 82-game regular season, and then that following up in the playoffs, he's going to do exactly what he does, and he's going to absolutely take over. Now, I think he's going to face Giannis in the Bucks. I think, I think that's, a good, that's a good matchup. That's the closest thing to K- Giannis is the closest thing to KD. Just does not have a shot. I know he's working on it. I mean, that's great and all. Katie will lock him defensively. Or try his hardest to lock him defensively. They can double him with Draymond. I'll give the Bucks one game. Warriors in five in the finals. You're saying that right now? Is, that, is that it? Put, I, I, it? put it down? To clamp fuck, it down? Write it in? I want to I say I, I want to give the Bucks two. But there is. Steph's wearing his contacts. Steph is, <laughs> Steph's wearing his contacts now. You, you guys saw the shooting percentages. He is just balling out now. And Kevin Durant just looks good out there. They just look... In, we're forgetting about the Marcus Cousins. Like, we're forgetting about a great boogie. We're forgetting about Boogie. Boogie can hoop still. Everybody on that on that team in that starting five can play the perimeter and shoot. AD wishes Boogie was still in New Orleans. I'm sure he, he, was he was praying that he didn't get those tech messages. I'm sure. Quite simply, though, nobody's beating the Warriors. Absolutely not, unless um, an injury happens. But don't get me wrong; these Warriors are not as good as they were last year. They're they have, they're a little bit down in scoring. Their defense is not as good, but most importantly, my my opinion, they just don't really care what's happening in the regular season anymore. They just want – they'll play a little bit. Like, as soon as they play a team that's like De- – right now, Denver is the two, Portland's the three. Oh, they'll show up, play. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll see what they can give us. Oh, we'll blow them out, though. And then it, inevitably, let's see here. Denver – that's a young team. I don't even, They might not even make it out of the first round. They're playing San Antonio, a veteran squad. You got Portland, who's playing OKC. That's a pick em. That's a coin flip right there. You got Houston, Houston and Utah. And in my opinion, Utah could be the third or fourth best team in the I'm league. Thinking, I'm thinking Utah over that too. Yeah, there's upsets in the Western Conference because literally from two through eight, they are – even, but I, I think the Warriors are just clicking their ticket, though. They're going right to the championship. I, I would find it very hard to believe, and you mentioned injuries before. Unless unless Steph or KD are the Steph ones getting is, hurt. Steph is injured right now, so we'll see how that... Everyone says his ankle's going to be fine. That's what had ankle problems said. Whole career, his whole I think, career. But I think KD, you know, if KD's still there, I mean, let's be real, KD can run the one through five. It really doesn't matter. Steph, on the other hand, you know, he's their star point guard. He's a star shooter. 
I think as long as KD and Clay are still there, I think they're still they're still gonna get a. It's gonna be a more of a challenge with just them, if Steph misses a few games. But I think they have all favorable matchups. I don't. I think they can walk away with the West. I think the most the team that will give them probably the most trouble is if Houston gets out because Houston has the belief that they could beat them because last year probably a Chris Paul injury away and they would have beat them. That would be my best. That'd be my only guess, and I would say the Warriors in six and probably in that fashion. But that's about it. I they see. Got, I see. Boogie. That's what I'm saying. I got Toronto. Unlike I see Toronto beating the Bucks in the in the finals, so I have Toronto coming out. Uh, Toronto's losing in losing in four or five. There's no. I'll give I'll give Toronto a game because Kawhi Leonard is a bucket, and I'll give him that. And he can pro- he's the probably the best he is the best two way player besides Giannis in that in our league. Put KD on him. Let's see what happens. I'd love to see that matchup. Hey, I can't say anything. Kawhi's got the jump shot. If Giannis gets a jump shot, though, he'll be the best player in the league by yeah, far. Yeah, we already, we already know this, <laughs> this man is a bucket. We already know Giannis be crazy out there. But if that man can shoot, but right now Warriors get the get the banner ready. It's the last last year in Oracle. If they ain't winning the ship, this is this is a huge disaster for the way to end. With, they even wore the the we believe jerseys on their last home game. That was like the retro ones with like who Monte Ellis I think. Monte Ellis, Stephen Jackson, Baron Davis, the we believe squad, the only eight seed in the West to ever beat a one. Take take those jerseys and wear them throughout every single game in the playoffs. I have them winning every series, four zero. 4-0 until the finals. If they would those, if they wear those those jerseys, they are sweeping. They are su- <laughs> they're sweeping in the finals too with those jerseys. Those jerseys are hot. Has nothing to do with whether they win or lose, but they are. They are destroyed <laughs> teams with those jerseys. You better get on eBay and go buy yourself one real oh, quick. Oh, they were right <laughs> now. All right, so let's wrap it up here. Um, so the Masters, the golf's biggest tournament, one of the golf's four majors in the year, starts this week and goes into this weekend. We're going to give you a little ending wrap-up with who is going to win the Masters this week. Anthony, I will leave it to you first. I'm going with my guy, Dustin. Dustin Johnson is out there. Um, I know people are saying he's a little sh- played a little shaky on su- last Sunday. Um, some people talk about his best Masters finish in eight tries was tied for fourth in 2016. Um, but I think he has a lot of opportunity to play well on this course. Um He's top five in driving distance, and he'll take advantage of the par five. And I think he has a lot of opportunity here um, to elevate his game. And I think, I think there's room for him to sweep in there and, and just really compete at the highest level. I like that pick. It's not a bad idea. I heard, he, uh, I heard he's, he's, he's one of the favorites this week. There's about like 15 to 20 favorites, according to like the golf uh, people, that says that there are 15 to 20 guys that could probably end up winning this weekend. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the guy that creates the most buds, Eldrick Tiger Woods, to win this week, only because of this. Yes, he has not won the tournament since 2005, and not a major since 2008. He's at that stuck at 14. He's had a couple chances. I think what happened last year will be able to push him over the top this year. He had a chance to win. He had the lead on the back nine at the Open. Didn't get it done there. Then he almost had it in the PGA. He gave Brooks Kelp a heck of a run to finish runner-up there. 
Yes, this year his putting has been an issue. He's 74th in strokes game putting. Not his strong suit, but it's also who else would you want on the back nine on Sunday with the putter in his hand to possibly make a huge putt? Come on now. It's the second, arguably, arguably the best player in the game, arguably the second greatest player that ever has played this game of golf, and that is Tiger Woods. So let's think about this. How is he going to be able to compete? Strokes around the green, how much he makes up. He's sixth in strokes around the green. At Augusta National, your short game has to, is paramount. and You need to be able to get those up and downs done, and he's sixth strokes grain, gained around the green. That is going to be crucial for him. And if he just makes a couple putts, and if I'm telling you right now, if he's, if, if he's there... If, if, if he's got the lead at any point on Sunday, it's a, it's, it. it's a wrap. And you know it too because intimid- that intimidation factor will come in and a tiger roar is different than any other roar on the golf course. He's the king of the jungle. What can you say, right? Kid is a bucket and a stud and he will come in prevailed this week. Anthony, I hope we, uh, you enjoyed our first uh, little episode of Final Whistle. Hopefully we can keep this going. I had a great time. I think we had some great conversation. I think a lot of people out there are going to really like the content. And, uh, yeah, let's keep sports rolling and uh, see you guys later. Thank you again. This, again, was Final Whistle with Blaine Spencer and Anthony Pacifico.